It's the kind of soccer day that only comes once every four years, but will this leap day be one to replay like the other February holiday, or one to forget for U.S. fans? We break it all down next. Listen, before you leap, it's the USA 10 Cast. Welcome into the USA 10 Cast. I'm John Arnold. You may have noticed that there was no 10 Cast this weekend. You probably didn't. Either way, the reason was, is we are having a super midweek podcast, and joining me for that is none other than Anthony Menino. How's it going, Anthony? Big, uh, big leap day coming up. Yeah, big leap day. It should, it should be fun. A lot of soccer, a lot of U.S. soccer, and a little bit more interesting for me as a Serie A fan, and also as a fan of uh, the Azuri with uh, the U.S. team playing uh, Italy. We'll get into the opposition in a moment. But the U.S. team, it, I think fans thought we were going to finally see Dempsey and Donovan in a, in a Klinsman team. And Donovan comes down with an illness. A couple other players are injured. This is a U.S. team that you wouldn't really say is at full strength. Oh, I, I would definitely agree with you there. If Landon Donovan's not in the roster or Clint Dempsey, those are the two best players. And this team is obviously not at full strength. It's uh, also looking to forward to seeing Torres uh, coming back from injury. He was supposed to be playing uh, well, and I wanted to see how he would do uh, against Italy because he's the type of player uh, Italian clubs would like, that you know that kind of possessive midfielder who can spread the ball out. So it's uh, disappointing that we won't see both of them playing. Yeah, of course, that does give us the opportunity to see Sasha Kluschen and Breck Shea, perhaps. We'll talk more about Shea. Uh, when we talk the U23 game in a few minutes with Daniel Robertson. But, um, you know, there there definitely are some chances for some young players coming in. Uh, a lot of guys that you don't kind of see normally might get the start. Yeah. I, I, one person I see in particular that we talked about before is Jeff Cameron. I think uh, with injuries to Anyewu with the... Uh, uh, Zach uh, Wheatbread not being called in, or Whitbread, excuse me. Um, I think he has a chance if he plays well against Italy, you know, he can possibly uh, earn him spot, earn himself a roster spot in the future. And uh, you talked about question before, and a lot of people were calling for him to be um, in the lineup originally. So we'll see if he can impress Klinsman and practices and he gets some playing time. I think he can. He, he can play well, and and hopefully Klinsman will realize this is a guy he needs to have in the future because he's been lighting it up in, in Belgium. Yeah, he has been playing really well for club, and, and is the kind of player that I think people want to see kind of infusing in the attack. But to be fair to Klinsman, in past U.S. appearances, Klinsman hasn't been uh, too impressive, but at the same time, he hasn't really been in the form that he's been in now for club. Another guy, of course, that we're used to seeing is Josie Altador. He's kind of fallen out of favor at AZ, but this weekend he scores two goals. We'll see how he does, uh, both with the national team. I think it's always a question of how will Altador do, especially when you look at this Italian team, uh, a stronger opponent than, than the U.S. is used to playing. So we'll see that. Yeah, Just, and I, I, I saw Altador play in the Europa League game against Anderlecht and against Klesten. He, he came on as sub and... Good news for the U.S. for U.S. fans. He looked hungry. He looked like he wanted to score goals every time a pass wasn't coming to him in the box. He was upset and he was uh, making some nice runs. So 
hopefully he'll continue that on Wednesday. No, that's never really been the 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 talent hasn't been the knock on Altidore. It's always been the motivation. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep a careful eye on that. Of course, as you mentioned, Anthony, you uh, have some insight into the Italian team. A uh, projected roster is out, and uh, it has some surprises. Yeah, uh, uh, definitely a few fr- uh, surprises. Uh, first is uh, four midfielders with Nocerino, Pirlo, Marquisio, and Mata all starting. Um, uh, I don't know. Usually Prendelli has gone with a 4-3-3. Uh, the biggest surprise is going to be there's actually a Serie B player, uh, Og- Ogbana, who is going to start, which uh, he, he's uh, in the transfer market. There have been a lot of interest in him um, to Serie A teams. I think Roma is a team that's been interested, uh, Milan, you know, some of the bigger teams, but he he's yet to prove himself at the, at the top, top level. Um, so this is the, this is the game for him. So uh, a lot of Italian clubs and scouts in Serie A will obviously have eyes on him and seeing how well he performs performs um one player to keep uh, an eye on particular in the projected starting lineup is sebastian giovinco i think um he, he he might be small i think he's five foot five but he's very skillful very talented on the ball and he's going to give uh the u.s a lot of problems um and uh, there's still some of the old guard with uh pierlo and if uh the u.s does not um uh, mark pierlo then they could be in trouble. Everything runs uh, through the Juve, Juve man. With that being said, what are some of the weaknesses that the U.S. might potentially be able to exploit? Oh, de- definitely team speed in the midfield. Uh, there's not. There might be four midfielders, but there's not a true wide player. There's not a true pacey player. Um, they do have faster wingbacks and Maggio and Crescito. Um, also, uh, center backs, you know, with Ogbana being a lot younger, also, uh, capped, uh, probably the best center back, uh, Giorgio Chiellini is not in the projected lineup. So that should help, uh, Josie Altador, Clint Dempsey. Um, but the biggest weakness is speed and athleticism. So players like Shea should, uh, try and take, uh, the Italian defenders one-on-one out wide in space. An interesting opportunity for him, you know, earlier in the week he's with the U23s and now he could be making a huge impact with kind of a fast winger against Italy. We, we'll we see young players for both teams, it seems, but we know where the, this friendly kind of stands in relevance for the U.S., getting ready for qualifying. Obviously, Italy has the Euro tournament looming this summer. Uh, where does this friendly kind of rank in importance for them? And I guess what are they trying to learn from this friendly? Well, looking up the projected lineup, I think this is more of an experimental squad. I think Prindelli is uh, looking at a, a couple of players uh, like Obana, uh, like Giovinco, like Berzagli, and um, seeing where they kind of stand, especially Matri. He hasn't started that much for for the U.S. men's national, or um, excuse me, for the Azuri up top, um, because th- this is definitely not their their best 11 their starting 11 that we'll see in the euros i mean they they left out probably the best player mario balotelli uh as kind of a punishment but there's still some good players i mean pirlo nasherino and uh, marquisio are three in the midfield that could potentially start for the euros so i think uh the midfield is strong at the back uh maybe not the best and up top although giovinco and matri are more super subs they're still very very talented 
All right, well, we'll take a close look Wednesday afternoon or morning, depending on what time zone you're in here in the U.S. or wherever you may be listening. And, of course, I'm sure we'll wrap it up at the end of the week. Anthony, thanks for joining us. Oh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Welcome into the second half of this Leap Day Spectacular USA 10Cast. I'm now joined by Daniel Robertson in North Dallas. He's the runner, proprietor of BigDSoccer.com. You can get him on Twitter at BigDSoccer, and he's been keeping a close eye on the U23s as they prepare for this game with Mexico and the subsequent Olympic qualifiers coming up. How's it going, Daniel? Pretty good, John. Thanks for having me on the show. Definitely. We're glad to have you. Um, it's been kind of uh, it's an interesting, interesting group. There's some guys that you know most national team fans have heard of because they've been huge contributors with the senior team, and then there's some kind of unknown guys. Uh, what have your impressions been um, kind of of the camp, and, and what are those guys that we kind of have heard from before, Aguadello, Shea Bunbury, uh, Freddie Adu, um, kind of the attacking star power, what have you seen from them? Well, um, in the game against FC Dallas, you know, they lined up in the, the 4-3-3, the same formation that um, Jurgen Klinsmann likes to play with the national team. And um, it was kind of a, you know, three guys up top, Breck Shea on the left, Teal, Bunbury in the middle, and Juan Agadello on the right. And then um, they had the three in midfield, which were um, uh, Jared Jeffrey and Amobi Okugo. And then they had um, Freddie Adu as a number 10. And basically, Jeffrey and Okugo would just win the ball, get it to Adu, who would get it to one of the three guys up top. And it worked pretty well. I mean, um, FC Dallas was playing their starting 11, minus Shea, of course, and very, very, very strong defense, which has kind of been their trademark under Shell Assignment. And and the the Americans really dominated the flow of the game in the first half. Um, it, it, the first half ended 1-1, but the USA really had the run of play for the most part. Breck was just all over the place. Um, and, you know, Juan Agadello, he, he was really drifting in and out of the game. He he was kind of shut down pretty well by uh, the FC Dallas left back, Jair Benitez. Um, Teal Bunbury was doing some good stuff in the middle. His his touch, as we all know, still needs some uh, some work, but it looked pretty good. Um, in the defense, you know, some, some names you might not know. Obviously, you know the names, but maybe you're not quite as familiar with them. One guy that really impressed me, um, who's been kind of off the radar simply because of injury, was uh, San Jose Earthquakes uh, center back Ico Parra. Um, he got the first goal in the game off a corner. And he, he he was just dominant in defense, really, um, against an FC Dallas team that had Panamanian international forward Blas Perez hassling him the whole time. Um, he was really, really strong. And, you know, I, I don't think the, anyone has ever really questioned Opara's talent. The question has always been, can he stay healthy? And through this camp, he's been healthy, um, which is obviously a great sign. It's a great sign for San Jose. Um, another guy that impressed me was uh, the left back, uh, Jorge Villafana, who was formerly Jorge Flores. Um, got forward very, very well up, going up. You know, it's going to help because he's on the left side with Breck Shea. So um, Zach Lloyd was the right back in that game. Obviously a very good right back. Um, and he he had his hands full with Breck. And I thought uh, Villafana got forward very well. Um, and Amobi Akugo in the middle, very, very solid. Um you know, his his talent is unquestioned. I just hope uh, that Peter Novak in, in Philadelphia doesn't mess with him too much. But it was a pretty good performance overall. Of course, uh, there have been guys kind of coming into the camp, which was expected, guys who are playing overseas, joining up with the team. What wasn't expected probably was Breck Shea's uh, kind of 
substitute call-up, I guess you'd say, to the full side for the friendly with Italy. Um, you've been watching Breck Shea uh, since before he was really even a professional. I guess uh, your impressions of Breck Shea and, and how important is he to the U23 team and also the full national team? Well, you know, one of the things that I really took from the under-23 friendly against FC Dallas is just how professional Breck Shea is. You know, you see a lot of these younger guys, guys like Juan Agadello and Teal Bunbury, and their their prospects are great talents, but I'm not so sure they're professionals yet. And when you talk about a guy like Breck Shea, I think going to Arsenal, really you could see the difference in his play simply because he does all the little things that maybe Juan Agadello doesn't quite do, maybe Teal Bunbury doesn't quite do. Breck Shea is always getting back on defense. He A lot of times he'll make the simple pass rather than trying to unlock the defense every time you get the ball. Um, and he's pretty much just devastating when he runs it, guys. I mean, there's there's no one, save maybe Landon Donovan and Clint Dempsey, that when they're running at a defender, um, it's it's as scary as when Breck Shea is running at you. Now, getting called up by uh, for the Italy game, you know, it's um, obviously it's an injury replacement. Um, I think Caleb Porter would have loved to have Breck Shea in there simply because you know, all the, all coaches talk about establishing a culture of winning and you want to beat Mexico in this game. Is it going to, you know, have any effect on Olympic qualifying? No, but you want to get in the mindset that we win every game that we step out onto the field and not having Breck Shea is, I mean, he's, he is their best offensive attacking player. And so to not have him hurts, um, it's kind of an interesting situation. Now, of course, Breck got two games with the under-23s. He got to play against FC Dallas. He got to play against San Antonio. So, you know, it's not like Caleb Porter doesn't know how to use him. I mean, his his name is written in ink on the score sheet at attacking left midfield. That's not really a question. Um, the, the main question is, do you want to send him all the way over to Italy for, I mean, is he, is he going to play much? Jurgen Klinsmann know what, what he's about. Would it have been more beneficial to maybe call in a fringe European national teamer for this game to get a look at a guy that maybe you're not going to see, as opposed to bringing in Breck Shea, who's played every game for you? You know what's what's really the um, benefit to that? But um, you know it, it is what it is, and and the USA will miss him against Mexico on Wednesday. But um, you know it gives another guy an opportunity to step up and show what he can do against Mexico. What are some other kind of storylines that we can watch for, some of the things to look? Just a quick preview of the Mexico game. Um, I think that a, a big thing to watch is just the defensive cohesion of the team. Um, there's, 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 that's probably the place where the spots can be won in qualifying. You know, when you look at the offense, like I said, Breck Shea's name is written on in ink. Um, Juan Agadello, he's going to be a guy that's a big contributor. Teal Bunbury, he's a guy that's a big contributor. Freddie Adu, he's going to play. But, you know, a guy like Kofi Sarkoti from uh, from Houston, he got sent off in the FC Dallas game for two yellow cards. That's the kind of thing where if that happens against Mexico, well, Caleb Porter is going to think, do I want to play him in Olympic qualifying games when you don't know what kind of referees you're going to get. The teams from South uh, Central America are always trying to bait you into these yellow cards, um, things like that. So I think it's going to be really interesting to, to, to watch the defense in this game. Um, another interesting thing is to see who uh, who the guys playing kind of in defensive midfield are. You're going to have a Moby Akugo, maybe Perry Kitchen in there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they are dealing with the Mexican midfield because they're obviously super talented. Um, 
to see how they're dealing with that and then getting the ball forward to the attacking players. Um, a guy like Freddie Adu, you know, no one, no one questions his talent, but is he, you know, he really drifts in and out of games and for 90 minutes, um, during F against FC Dallas, you know, Freddie had the two moments that basically won the game. Well, one of the moments that won the game where he played the long ball to Breck Shea for this, for the game winning goal. However, for 60 minutes of the game, he was marked out of it by Daniel Hernandez and had almost no impact. He has enough talent where he's the kind of guy that can make the one play that decides a game. But it's going to be interesting to see against Mexico. Can he have an impact over 90 minutes or is he just going to have those one or two big moments? You know, um, and I would say those, you know, those are some of the things to watch. You've got the the fringe guys like, you know, Greg Garza, um, Jared Jeffrey, both those guys are local um, Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex kids. Um, they might get a start. And then, you know, the weather shouldn't be a factor. It's supposed to be like 65 tomorrow night, even though the game is starting at 9 local time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should be about 65 degrees. Don't expect a huge crowd. You know, we all loved seeing the stadium sold out for the women's game, but 9 o'clock on a Wednesday night when Mexico is playing before that, I... I would not expect a crowd, you know, above 5,000 maybe. Um, but, it, you know, it should be a great game, and it's the last chance before qualifying. It will be uh, an interesting one, and we'll watch for those things uh, that you've tipped us off on, Daniel. You'll be at the game tweeting, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. At Big D Soccer for all the uh, game tweets. A little plug. <laughs> Definitely. And of course, 9 p.m. Central Time. I believe it's on Univision. Is that right? I believe so. You have Mexico against Colombia at 7, and then this game will either be on Univision or Telefutura, one of the two. Check your local listings. We will uh, try and get confirmation. But uh, we'll be uh, keeping an eye on that. And uh, Daniel at Big D Soccer. You can also check out the FC Dallas blog at BigDSoccer.com. Thanks so much for joining us, Daniel. Thank you, John. And that wraps up today's USA 10cast. I hope everyone enjoys their week day full of soccer. Didn't have time to talk about the women's team, but of course they're starting their cup run in Portugal. Uh, maybe we'll have Mara Gladys on next week to talk about that. Either way, we hope you join us on the USA 10cast.